0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Heads Up, the weekly video podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsey Weitzel, migraine strategist, founder of the Facebook group Migraine Nation and Chronic Daily Migraine Survivor. I am here with Dr. Vincent Martin. He is the president of the National Headache Foundation and the director of the Headache and Facial Pain Center at the University of Cincinnati. Hi, Dr. Martin. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Great.
0: So we have an awesome topic today that everyone can relate to. We are going to be talking about triggers and migraine and separating fact versus fiction. So Dr. Martin and I recently returned from the 61st annual American Headache Society meeting in Philadelphia. And there all the latest and greatest information in headache and migraine research was presented. And we will be bringing you this information in summary and different podcasts over the next many, many weeks. And we also will be bringing on podcast guests who are the scientists, pain psychologists, and physicians that presented information at this meeting. So stay tuned for that. That is going to be awesome. And we're going to be starting today because with Dr. Martin because he won the John R. Graham Award at the American Headache Society meeting for his contribution and research in the field of migraine. And the talk he gave when he received that award was on triggers and on separating the facts versus the fiction. Now, we all have migraine triggers, and so we can all relate to this. So let's start by talking to Dr. Martin, and let's first ask, what is the official definition of a migraine trigger?
1: Well, migraine trigger is any factor upon exposure or withdrawal that uh, precipitates a migraine attack, an acute migraine attack. And we actually crafted that definition back in uh, 2001 in a a paper we wrote on migraine trigger factors uh, for the uh, um, clinics of North America.
0: Okay, all right. So it is my understanding that there's about five different types of migraine triggers that we classify these triggers into. Um, There is behavioral triggers. There's environmental triggers there's hormonal triggers, dietary and chemical triggers. Can you start by telling us what um, are some behavioral triggers? Well,
1: behavioral triggers could be things like um, stress, emotions. So you might get really upset, it triggers a headache. It could be other uh, behavioral things like uh, exercise. Exercise is a common uh, trigger as well. Uh, Could be your dietary habits, like uh, how you eat. So it's basically certain behaviors that in certain instances may trigger a headache.
0: Okay, and then environmental triggers. Can you give us just some common examples of those?
1: The most common environmental trigger is gonna be weather. Um, But other environmental things could be uh, air pollutants um, such as ozone and uh, uh, um, nitrogen uh, dioxide, um, and other things like mold counts. So things, things in the air that you, you breathe um, as well.
0: And hormonal, uh, obviously uh, menstrual periods, menopause, anything else to say on the hormonal triggers that are common?
1: Uh, certain medications, like oral contraceptives, when used in certain ways, can can trigger headaches. Uh, some hormone replacement therapy, which is a hormonal therapy, can can trigger headache as well in in susceptible patients.
0: And any specific dietary ones you want to mention?
1: There are a number of different potential dietary triggers. I think the the fear is that. If you start trying to avoid everything that's ever been shown to be a dietary trigger, it can sometimes be rather unhealthy. But the common ones are things like um, caffeine, um, particularly when you um, drink too much or too little or you, or you abstain from caffeine and, and actually you avoid it for a long period of time. You can have caffeine withdrawal headaches. Another one would be artificial sweeteners. Uh, things like uh, spartame and sucralose that are added to various beverages. Um, Other things would be uh, monosodium glutamate, which is uh, um, a flavor enhancer found in a lot of processed foods. So if the food doesn't taste particularly good, then it's very um, possible that MSG was added to make it uh, taste better. Uh, Nitrites, which are are, uh, preservatives found in lunch meats, uh, bacon and sausage, and a lot of processed meats. Mm -hmm. Those are probably the most common, but there are other ones too, like citrus fruits can sometimes trigger headaches, particularly if you consume it on an empty stomach.
0: Mm -hmm. And the last group was was chemical. Can you give us an example or two of that?
1: Uh, Chemicals would include uh, like a lot of uh, household cleaners like uh, ammonia um, or or even paint fumes or other uh, solvents. Like if you work in a a chemical factory or something, there can be, sometimes you're exposed to various chemicals in the environment that can trigger headaches.
0: Okay. So what is the average length of time? I think that people would find this interesting because it's actually not the same for every trigger, but what's the average length of time that you think it usually takes from when you're exposed to a trigger to when it might lead to migraine?
1: Depends on the trigger. Like studies would suggest, um, factors like uh, light um, and, and odors can trigger headache pretty quickly, usually within about an hour and a half. And light has even been shown to trigger it within a few minutes um, to up to maybe 15 minutes. So, um, so those are real quick triggers. Some, some of the triggers that were a little bit uh, longer to evolve into a headache were things like chocolate was like 22 hours. And uh, But there could be instances where it doesn't even trigger the same day. Like, right. for example, um, with stress, they found that stress the day before could trigger um, headaches the following day. So, that, so in some instances, that may be over a 24-hour lag uh, to generate a headache. And those are called letdown headaches where stress triggers a headache. Right.
0: Um, so can you tell us what a migraine prodrome is and how that relates to triggers and migraine?
1: Prodrome is, is where patients develop symptoms prior to the aura part of the migraine and or prior to the headache phase of migraine. And these symptoms can include things like intense fatigue, or it can include irritability or sensitivity to light or noise, or in some cases it could represent on neck pain as well. And the confusion with prodrome is that some of these symptoms might potentially uh, be attributed, um, or falsely attributed as trigger factors, because these are parts just of the, of, um, of a migraine attack itself. And some of them, you know, have the same factors that we look at, um, as triggers like stress could be irritability and, um, Sensitivity light could be mistaken as a light trigger or sensitivity to noise could be uh, mistaken as a noise trigger. But one of the big myths is that there's some headache doctors that believe that all um, uh, um, purported uh, triggers are simply prodromal symptoms. But there are certain types of triggers that would not be part of the prodrome. Like you can't explain weather that way. You can't explain hormonal triggers that way. and even with some of the other triggers like light and noise, they've been clearly shown in experimental studies to, to trigger an attack mm-hmm. uh, within a short period of time. So the odds that those are completely caused by the prodrome, I think are rather, are rather small. Uh, I can't rule out the possibility that maybe a little bit of a, of night light sensitivity couldn't account for some light triggers, but it's certainly yeah. not the whole tamale.
0: Do all people with migraine respond in the same way to well to triggers?
1: Well, the triggers are very individualistic. So it would be, it's dangerous if you take the stance that you're going to avoid every known migraine trigger because I don't know how you could even live life. I mean, you couldn't go outside. You couldn't be exposed to noise. Um, You know, um, stress would bother you. I mean, there's just no way. And and, um, there's also hundreds of dietary triggers. So there's no way that you could possibly avoid all the triggers. And there actually was a nice study that was done um, by this uh, company called Curulator, where they have a, basically an app where they can try to statistically prove whether a trigger is, is truly associated with a headache or migraine. And a lot of the more common triggers like chocolate occurred in less than 5% of uh, people, could it be actually proven that they actually had chocolate as a trigger? And that was true for a lot of the dietary triggers.
0: What are some of the common myths regarding triggers?
1: Well, um, one myth is all trigger factors are created the same. So not only do individuals have different triggers, but the strength of each trigger differs. Like, for example, um, menstrual periods are a common trigger for many women, and probably about two-thirds of all women think that their headaches worsen around the menstrual periods. And those that they do have around the menstrual period tend to be more severe and disabling than other times. That is a very potent trigger. The other trigger probably varies, uh, it's very potent, varies by region of the country. There are some places where um, weather is an extremely potent trigger, and I can tell you in Cincinnati, Ohio, or St. Louis, or in the Midwest, and probably on the East Coast as well, that many times um, weather um, can be a huge trigger. Um, What we found is that both low and falling, very much in pressure, and the opposite of that, which is high and rising, can trigger headaches um, as well. Mm-hmm. And the third one that's really potent is stress. Right. Um, there is uh, There are studies that have looked at stress the day before and its ability to predict stress the next day. And there, it's fairly correlated that you can actually predict next day's headache uh, by how much stress you had the day before uh, to a certain degree. I mean, there's nothing that's perfect. But I think those are the big three, both stress, hormones, and weather.
0: Okay. Are there any – Do you, can you think of any – triggers that people think are a really strong trigger that it really hasn't been proven. I guess there's chocolate. You already mentioned that.
1: So chocolate maybe... is probably one that, that people falsely, um, attribute to, to causing headaches. Um, I think some of the ingredients in foods can become issues because, um, you don't really, you can't really tell whether a given food has an ingredient. You just kind of make an assumption like take MSG, for example, when you look at all the studies of MSG, That MSG likely triggers headaches when it's in a liquid form. Mm -hmm. So if you were to have MSG that was added to say wonton soup or something, that'd be more likely to trigger a headache than than MSG in food because the food uh, changes the absorption of MSG into your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. The thing that's important too is the quantity of the trigger. So you can't just assume that just any exposure is going to produce a headache. So there could be times where the exposure to the trigger is quite great. Mm-hmm. And that may be more likely to produce a headache than, than at another time. And there, was, and there was this other concept that just, there was an article just published about a year ago. There was, there was a concept called surprisal. And that's basically where it's not so much the change from the prior day that triggers the headache, but it's the change from whatever your average consumption is. So to give you an example, it'd be like if you're used to on a daily basis drinking two cups of coffee and uh and today you drink four or five then that's that's a change from whatever your norm is that's more likely to trigger a headache but the opposite may be true as well if you don't drink any coffee that next day then you're probably probably also more likely to to have a headache so this new thought that it's not so much the change from the day before but the change from the norm and what that means is your body kind of probably becomes acclimated to to a certain trigger or exposure to a trigger, and then if you deviate from the norm of that, it might generate a headache.
0: I think that's a very important point, um, not just surprise in itself, which is a slightly more complica- excuse me, complicated point than the one I'm about to make, but some of these triggers, it's not the trigger alone, but it is the change from baseline. It's, it's If you're eating more of it or less of it than usual, the body sort of likes the homeostasis um, and it's the change that that um, it doesn't like. Um, it's just like the weather. It's not so much the storm. It's it's the change in the barometric pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so my next question is: When you meet a patient, do you utilize triggers as part of your therapy or as part of your evaluation of the patient?
1: Well, I'm a I'm a general internist, and also I'm also uh, board certified in headache. So I kind of take a little bit of a a different approach. My approach is to try to figure out what might be triggering the person's headaches. Um, is it uh, or do they have a neck injury and that's triggering headaches that kind of go to the back of the head? Uh, do they have something called TMJ, which is where this TMJ joint here? Um, you might get uh, arthritis or um, and uh, and that might trigger headaches usually in the temple. Um, do they have um, problems with their uh, problems with their sinuses or allergies that could trigger headache and kind of a mask-like distribution of the face. Um, is there some stress um, in their life? Maybe they've got some death in the family or some traumatic life event. Could that be triggering headache in them? We might need to, to um, manage that. Um, so, you know, could be, could there be a hormonal trigger if, there, if it's a female patient? So each one of these I'm gonna try to, to, to pick off and address and treat in different ways.
0: Uh, what do you think is the best way to manage our triggers?
1: It depends on the trigger. Like if it's a hormonal trigger, you're going to want to stop falls in a hormone called estrogen. And there are different ways you can do that. Like with birth control pills, for example, sometimes women will get, have a week of of placebo. During that week of placebo, the estrogen levels just pump plummet. So you might want to avoid the the placebo week in that, in that situation. For stress, um, you might want to try to manage the trigger. So you might learn relaxation techniques, Um, you might do, uh, uh, something called biofeedback, which is where you can kind of even like change the temperature of your finger if it's thermal biofeedback and exercise can be very, um, very potent uh, in relieving stress Mm -hmm. um, as well. Uh, if it's dietary, uh, and, and if it's something you can avoid, you know, like let's say that a certain type of beer tends to trigger your headaches, you know, 80% of the time, then that may be a trigger. The other important concept is that a trigger is not always a trigger. What that means is that is that it's not going to always trigger a headache 100% of the time. In fact, if a trigger um, is associated with a headache about half the time, uh, then it probably represents a trigger, depending on what your baseline frequency is. I mean, if your frequency was 50% of the days, then a 50% rate of, of exposure causing headache wouldn't really prove it. But if it's if it's occurring significantly higher than whatever your baseline is, then it probably is a trigger factor.
0: Is there a point where avoidance of your triggers can become a problem? Sort of focusing on that avoiding of triggers.
1: Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think there, okay. there are two different ways to manage triggers. One okay. is through avoidance, which means that you identify a trigger and right. then you try to avoid it. But there's another theory that was advanced by uh, Dr. Paul Martin, who is not related to me, (laughs) um, who believes that maybe avoidance is a poor strategy and then it creates a lot of anxiety and, and so forth over the trigger factor and that maybe it's not even the trigger, but the anxiety that you have over the thought that it is a trigger that actually brings on the headache. So he suggests learning how to cope with the triggers and even did some studies where he exposed patients to like varying durations of light over time to kind of like desensitize the nervous system to that trigger and found that, that maybe with a few of the basic triggers like light and noise in particular, that maybe that, that might be a better strategy. The problem is there, there's no real mechanism to do that type of therapy where you gradually expose people to light or noise currently. So it's probably a strategy that's not practical at this, at this time. Mm -hmm. Now, but along with that, I would say this is if you've got a lot of triggers and let's say that you perceive that there are 20, 30, 40, 50 different triggers, then in some cases it becomes unhealthy to try to avoid all those things, particularly if it involves diet. You might be eating a a diet that contains just potatoes and one other uh, ingredient. It may not even be compatible with, with healthy nutrition. So there are times where over you know, um, emphasis on triggers can be harmful. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Is there anything else that you think we should know about our triggers and how they affect us?
1: Well, I think trigger factors have a very important role in treatment of your headaches. You first have to learn how to identify them. And uh, and I, I would say if you've got something that's really an obvious trigger, then just I would just try to avoid that if possible. Some triggers are not avoidable. You can't really avoid the weather. You can't 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 avoid your um, you know uh, um, other factors and like your menstrual periods if you're not a birth control pills are going to come so you just have to learn how to um, to cope with these and treat these to the best of your ability but but if you identify triggers I think you can reduce the frequency of your headaches
0: okay well thank you so much that was a great episode I hope everyone enjoyed that Uh, This is Dr. Martin and Dr. Weitzel signing off of this episode of Heads Up. Please join us again next week. Good night.